Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Down the block, Andrew Gunn. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. Now, Warriors defeat the Sharks 44-12. to And what's so shocking about this is the Sharks actually scored the first try. And I, look, spoke about it a bit early on the podcast, but every time I doubt the Warriors, they prove me wrong. And, you know, even watching the trials, I knew something was different about them. But did I think that they would turn into this side so quickly? Absolutely not. I cannot believe what a huge win this is for the club. And now they have set themselves up for they genuinely could finish top four. Genuinely top four. Like not, you know, you look at their their run for the next month or so, their run into finals footy is very winnable games. Very winnable games. I, The Warriors for me are definitely, oh, I'm trying to think. Dolphins were like the swan song, or not the swan song, but like the story of the year as to what they've done. And maybe maybe they still are, but if you had Warriors as the story of the year, I would not fight against that very strongly. Like their, their incredible journey to – they're sitting fifth, I think, right now. They could – they actually – because they beat the Sharks by so much, they actually leapfrogged them because they beat them by so much. So it was almost a, a double-edged so, – oh, well, double whammy against the Sharkies. But – the Warriors, the scary thing is this is the first season under this systems. This is the first season. Imagine, and also they've had injuries in key positions. Like They haven't had this crazy lucky run where no one gets injured. They have injuries in key positions. Um, absolutely fantastic win from the Warriors. And fuck, like, I know it's early days, but could they win a premiership in the next three to four years? Like, it's not that crazy. It's really not. Now, a lot of things have to go right. They get RTX next year, RTS next year, but they might, they might finish in the top four in their first year. What are they going to do in three years when they've got the exact roster they want and three more years under this, this system? Now, it might be SJ's last year in the next year or two, but I've got so much confidence in this system that they'll bring in someone to fill the void. They, uh, they play the Raiders this week, so that's fifth versus fourth. If they beat the Raiders, I think they will finish top four. I think even if they lose to the Raiders, they're a very good shot to finish top four regardless. They've got a bye to come the week after that. <coughs> then they play five bottom eight teams. 
Unbelievable. Personally, if I'm a Warriors fan, I would be disappointed based on the footy they're playing and the draw they've got if they don't finish top four this year. It's amazing what they're like doing. Like, we were down there a couple of weeks ago. Like, they, they absolutely gave it to the Raiders a few weeks ago in Canberra. Yeah. Like, they, they, they dominated them On Crocus 300. Yeah. yeah. You, you talk about uh, in the next three or four years, is it feasible that the Warriors can win the comp? Of course it is. Why not this year? I'm not saying they win the comp, but Penrith, in my eyes, is still leaps and bounds above. I think everyone would agree on that. The yep. market reflects it. Cleary, God forbid, you wouldn't wish to put on anyone, goes down injured. That brings level, the playing field very level. I think after Penrith right now, two to eight, two to nine, any of those teams can win the comp. And like you could make an argument for anything after Penrith. If injuries do strike upon Penrith, we don't want it to happen, but if they do, why not this year? I'll give you another one. Prelim final, Penrith come up against anyone there and someone knocks them off. I think the Warriors can beat every other team in that top eight. Mm. I, I don't think it's beyond realms that they, they can do it this year. I'm not saying they will, but... So what, what position do they have to finish to get a home prelim, a home final? One or two if it's in the top four. Well, yeah. okay, Otherwise so, five or six. Yeah, so if they make the top four, if they come third or fourth, they get an away final. But if they lose that, they get a home final the next week. Mm. Or if they get... Five and six, they'll get a home final in week one. So basically, top four, they're guaranteed at least one game at Mount Smart. Top six. Top six. Yeah. Oh, sorry, like to the first yeah. game. But top four you want because you get two shots yeah, at yeah, the, yeah, the, for the, sure. the, the cherry. So like, if they finish top four, even if they play Penrith away, so it would be what, top... So one plays three, two plays four? One plays four, four. two plays three. Plays four, okay. So fourth, they will most likely pay Panthers. If they lose to Panthers, they go on the other side of the Panthers draw, correct? Correct. Yeah. So then they go... With a home final. Exactly. Then they go home to Mount Smart against whoever. Yeah. Then they go to a prelim. Like you're, you could, you're, you're 160 minutes away. So it's, it's not beyond the realms. It really isn't. You're right. Especially that top four finish. Yeah. Can I give you another angle? I've only played the Panthers once this year. That was Panthers full strength. If they're missing Isaac Tungo, and that was it. They got beaten eighteen to sixteen. Um, fuck. Eighteen to six. Eighteen to six. Sorry. What did I say? Sixteen. Sorry. Eighteen to six. Sorry. Do you think, like, surely if anyone knows this Panthers system, maybe how to yeah. beat them? It's Webby. That's such a good, good point. Shout. That's a great point. So yes, I think I think there are long odds to beat the Panthers, but if there's any team that's <laughs> going to get him in a sudden death game. Webby might have a plan up his sleeve to know how to beat He would guys. know them, in obviously, inside out, back the front, wouldn't he? Yeah. Mate, it is, uh, it is going to be so exciting to see uh, if they do get a home grand final. And look, I'd be shocked if they fell out of the six. If they fall out of the eight, I'll be fucking absolutely mind blown. But if they get a home grand final, at least one, and then they could make it into a prelim, like... That's where magic, you can feel, for example, this is a magical year for the Warriors. Everything just seems to be clicking. And so a guy like SJ, who right now, him and Haas is probably between those two to win the Dally M, which is insane to think. <laughs> the Warriors really, like, I, I am so excited for them as a club. And again, it's, it's almost been a theme of the podcast, but you ask yourself, who's playing career best form right now? Fuck, nearly the whole side. Take your pick. Yeah. Exactly. And that's when you know there's a good coach and a good system, when all players are playing essentially the best they can play. Uh, on top of all that, look, it's going to be hard because I think if Ivan Cleary goes back to back to back, he's the coach of the year. You can't really give it to anyone else. But it's selected before that happens. So, you know, discounting that, 
Andrew Webster is the coach of the year. Yeah. I, I think he, when you consider, as you said, when that decision is made, I think it has to be him. And sure. that, I think the decision made is so dumb that it's before the grand final, but whatever. Um, it has to be Webster. Has to, they're literally a win away from the top four with a team that most of us, if not everyone, like tell me anyone outside a diehard Warriors fan that had them in the top eight, let alone the top four. No one. Yeah. That's how far this guy has taken this team. It is, mate, it's, it's one of the great stories of rugby league. And keep in mind, we've just watched, like obviously it didn't end the way that we hoped, but we watched Reese Walsh go to the origin and dominate game one, dominate game two, and they lost him. Jesus. They replaced him with Chance, who the Raiders didn't have a fullback, and you were playing him in reserve grade. Mm. Isn't that done. just bizarre? Unbelievable. <laughs> Crazy. I want to get some clarity on the Chance situation, because I've seen yeah. a lot of comments. Have you seen it too? Saying that he chose to leave before he was basically put into reserve grade. Look, Timmy, you could probably... He was put in reserve grade before he left. There was no... He didn't leave because he was homesick, and that's why he left. He was down the pecking order. Know, and that just, he was... He was playing reserve game before he left. I know he was homesick. Yeah, like he's got he's got kids, uh, kid, yeah. one or two kids over in NZ. But he was definitely put, and they went the savage route. He was, yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to clear that up because I've seen quite a few comments of going, no, no, he was homesick, and that's why he left. Like, no, no. look, there's nothing wrong with it. The Raiders are going great. It doesn't mean, but he was put in reserve grade, and they chose to go down the savage route, which has changed again. But Chance was absolutely not their first choice fullback. The thing that stands out for me this year at the Warriors, and yeah, there's Sean Johnson, there's all those guys we can talk about. I remember sitting here at the start of the year and looking at the Warriors side and going, I think they have to pick Chance at centre and Nair Corey at centre because they need to find centres that can defend. Mm. I think the Rocco Berry, Adam Pompey, granted he missed a few tackles on the weekend, but I just think that their edges look completely different now, mm. completely different. And that, that's the spot that I always just thought last year against good teams, the Warriors write the game plan against them because you just go mm. at their edges. I think well, that's completely changed. I know, people get sick of me saying it, but again, like we all always, and rightly so, we should play, like the players are responsible for how they perform, but not enough credit is given to the environments and the systems that they are defending in. Pompey and Berry are the same players they were last year. Like they haven't turned into supers, like they haven't changed their physiques or whatever. All they are is in a different environment with a different coach. That's it. That's the only thing that's changed. Yet, they're a team. Guess what their completion rate was on the weekend? 92%. Big game. Sharks, they came out of the blocks absolutely firing. And this is what the performance that they put up. It is, um, mate, they are putting themselves in such an incredible position. And I tell you what, if you're a young player, now it has to be maybe a couple of years in a row, but all of a sudden the Warriors go from, oh, go over to New Zealand, bit much they're a bit inconsistent if webster can do what continue doing what he's doing it goes from a club that is tough to get recruitment into do you want to be part of this young coach this young team do you want to be part of the, the warriors it'd be their first premiership yep do you want to be a part of that because that's where they're landing themselves right now in that um the area of about to strike towards a premiership at least I'd love to see what Webby's plans were at the start of the year as far as the future. I'd love to know which players he thought, maybe they aren't my guys and I'll plan to move them on. Because I, mm. I just look at their squad right now and I, I can't find you a player, if I'm being completely honest, that I think doesn't fit into the way they're playing. I remember yeah. last year, fixture, you talk about like how weak the edges were in the defensive systems. Mm. Sharks versus Warriors, corresponding fixture, but it was at Shark Park. 
Will Kennedy sent off after 16 minutes. Sharks went and beat them 29-10. And I remember the Sharks stripping the Warriors for numbers time and time again, just sitting there going, I cannot make sense of how this is happening when they've got a player less on the field for 64 minutes of the game. Mm. And now we look where we are 12 months later. Amazing stuff. It's so exciting to watch. Now, in, in regards to specific performances, obviously Sean Johnson, three try assists. Again, almost like a similar-ish journey to DCE without the – he didn't have the controversy, but Sean Johnson for some reason was such a polarising player, but he never did anything wrong. It was almost like he was cursed by the fact that he had this incredible talent. So if he, any team he was in played poorly, it was like he's a bad guy. Yet there wouldn't be a Kiwi fan or any rugby league fan that isn't absolutely loving Sean Johnson getting the love he deserves as a footy player. He threw that pass to um, Rocco Berry, which was a sensational ball. I threw it the, I thought the one before that was even better. It was like a tunnel ball into a blind spot where he had to get it yeah. in front of Mitch Barnett, but he also had to get it on the outside shoulder of the second man. I'm not sure who it was. <clears throat> it was an unbelievable pass. Mm. When he let go of it, mm. Chance was behind the first guy and he caught it on the outside of the second one. It was yeah. unbelievable. He's a freak, Sean. Absolute Johnson. freak. And look, I know a few weeks ago we were saying, oh, it's arguable that, you know, he's in as good as, you know, career best form. I would argue right now, Sean Johnson is playing the best rugby league he's ever played. I think this Sean Johnson is better than 2011 Sean Johnson. You are more likely to win a comp with this Sean Johnson than 2011 Sean Johnson. He might win Dally M. Sean Johnson went to a grand final. Yeah, he, so, might, he might win a Dally M this year. Talk about like people, like how polarizing he was at the Sharkies. And I could never understand why. Because he had his injuries. Mm. And like, you can't hold injuries against a bloke. 2019, Sharkies played 18 games. He had 16 try assists. 2020, played 16 games. And he had 23 try assists. Fucking hell. 2021, played 10 games. Early, obviously, injuries. And had five tries. So a little bit down in his third year where he only played 10 games. But tries wise and like scored tries in that time. One game's a footy. Yeah. Terrific. Yeah. It's uh, so good to see Sean Johnson playing the way he is. And, you know, very rarely do you see a guy that has all the potential in the world turn around and go, okay, I, I've got all that talent, potential, but I need to work on the boring stuff. Mm. And he has made himself into almost the ultimate halfback. Still has all the flair that he needs. He still has pinpoint accuracy with his passing, but just all the boring. Like to think that we'd be sitting here saying that he has one of the best game managing seven ability in the comp right now, mate. You'd be laughed out of a room if you said that two years ago. And you, you look at the way, especially the way like he ball plays on that right edge. That like nowadays he'll be trying to get it. You know, a guy three men out, and he'll do that by squaring up. Whereas. Five, six years ago, he'd do it by coming off his left foot three times yeah. and showing guys under, just trying to do it himself. He just – everything looks like it's in slow motion for him. Mm. It's the so beauty good. of when guys get to this age and they've seen it all before, it all just becomes so easy for them. It's it's, su it's such a robbery on rugby league that halves only get to this point in their 30s. I know, I know. Do you imagine if you could take that – that vision and put it in SJ. It's the same with every player ever. But yeah. if you could put that vision and that timing into younger guys mm. – He'd be the best footballer ever. Literally. Um, you know, and another thing that – another underrated part of his game this year is his defence. Mm. You know, we, we were on tour that first game against the Knights and we – we'll be honest. I'll be honest. Um, we saw him miss that tackle and we go, oh, shit, SJ 
Here like we go. Fitzgibbon straight yep. through in five yep. minutes into the game. And we thought, oh, fuck, SJ's defence is going to be terrible this year. He's not going to commit to tackles. Nah, it has been the complete opposite. I haven't watched a single game since that moment and gone, SJ didn't commit to that tackle. He's committed to everything. Everything. So, so good to see. So I'm, I'm stoked for SJ. And if he wins, I think it's between him and Hass right now. Obviously, things can change, but... It'd be one of the greatest stories in rugby league if he wins a Dalian at the Warriors. I remember watching those trials for the Warriors, and I remember genuinely thinking, like, I, privately I thought this because I respect Sean Johnson so much, but I thought it'll be Metcalf and Tomato Martin. I, I mean, I even said it. I said, I think that Sean Johnson is under pressure to keep his ju- jumper and that if he has a few bad games, Tomato Martin and Metcalf might get it. But how wrong were we? And, that, like, that's why it separates, you know, I wouldn't say great in regards to, do you put him up there with the greats? Probably not. But in regards to, like, talent, superstardom, like, that's what separates the superstars from just, like, good NRL players. The superstars, when they're faced with adversity and faced with these moments where most people would crumble, they turn around and do the exact opposite. And that's what he's done. That's what he's done. It's been so amazing to watch. Another guy to talk about, Adam Finola Blake. <clears throat> what a leader he is for that side. I, I just... I always thought Finola Blake would be a front rower that... Great stats, really good player. I didn't know whether he'd ever be a leader, though. I don't know if he'd ever take that responsibility on his shoulders. Boy, he has turned into one of the better front row leaders in the competition. And if he was playing for any Sydney club, any Queensland club, he would be in the papers constantly. He would be talked about constantly. Adam Fenor Blake, it doesn't matter what forward pack he's playing, he usually wins the battle. I can't remember a time when Adam Fenor Blake lost the battle against his opposing front rowers. When he's just been completely quiet, he's that good. Yeah, and I, I think like if he was uh, an Aussie, I think he'd play Origin. I think it'd be a really good shot to be in the Kangaroos side. Yeah, absolutely. Can you imagine a front row Hass, Nor Blake? I mean, obviously he would want to play for Tonga, but um, I just love the way they they use. You know, I've sort of spoken time time again about the the Warriors, like the forwards and interchanging of like short passes between them, but. They don't just see a front rower and go, all right, one off the rack, knock them over, get your quick payable if you can. They, they see front rowers, and AFB in particular, as an attacking weapon. Yeah. So they'll play, they'll go like Torhu going to the line and play short off him with someone sweeping out the back and like a pretty standard shape, don't get me wrong, but, and they'll hit him and they, they'll go to the line. He runs a good line and they don't, they just, I feel like they see that they're for, um, Webster sees his forwards differently to mm. other coaches and gets he's getting so much more out of them mm. which will be scary when he's able to actually build the forward pack he wants because yeah. he knows who, who he'll target yeah he'll have guys in mind for he'll sure. know how to who will suit that. better than other coaches even like yeah. if he's trying the weekend from memory he was he ran a bit wider and short and sj hit him wide running a good luck over yeah, i know they like lose him so well yeah and it's so effective and it's as we spoke about it earlier but you would be surprised how many like okay so before the game all week you're like the coach will come to the ball player and he'll say, all right, we've got this great big forward with incredible footwork. He's huge. Get him on the edge there, some sets, just to get us some momentum. You'll get into the game, everyone's head goes off, and it never happens. Whereas it's actually happening at the Warriors where they've, they've talked about it midweek and said, Adam, you don't need to be in the middle all the time just, just taking the shit hit-ups. Let's use you as a weapon yeah. on a smaller boat with great footwork. And he's absolutely nailing it. 65 minutes for the big fella. Unbelievable. Um, another guy, Mitchell Barnett, was outstanding again. He's a guy that, put it this way, if he was still the Knights, he'd be maybe playing first grade, maybe. In this system, uh, 
he's been outstanding. And I think he's just getting better and better. I feel like when you watch these players, as the year's gone on, players that were normally fringes have gotten just better and better because they've bought more in and realised and started to believe like, oh, this actually works. Like this is, I, I should fully buy into what's happening. Um, Mate, I mean, D- Dylan Walker's the other one for me. He's been outstanding. The game starts when Walker comes on the field. I know, it's outstanding. Seriously. Um, like, put it this way. The Warriors beat the Sharks 44-12. to 12. Tohu Harris only played 36 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> That's outrageous. To be winning games comfortably, they can just go, Tohu... I don't, think, I don't think Tory in his entire career has not struggled with injury at some point. Something's been going to go, nah, we'll rest you for the rest of the game, mate. All good. Yeah, all Bye. good. We've got faith. So impressive, man. Metcalf showing his potential each week, getting better and better. Rocco Berry. Spoke about it early in the piece, but a try, two tries, this, but, geez, didn't. Like, it didn't come out of nowhere because you could see this in him, but it came out of nowhere in regards to, it wasn't like he slowly built up to this game. It's almost like he, he woke up that morning and said, like, I've got, like I'm going to realise my potential today. And he did exactly that. He was outstanding. Well, he was one that Rugby Union was very, very keen on, Rocco Berry. And Peter O'Sullivan managed to fight him over to the New Zealand Warriors. So I think you'll start to see him pay more and more dividends. I thought the hooker, mate, he was very good. I think commentary probably better. got a little bit excited <laughs> at one point there. Uh, but I thought he was, he's, I remember watching him when he was at Penrith and going, He's handy, but I, I don't know how much first grade he's going to play realistically. Uh, I, I think he's been really good for them over there. And I think that – I think he's more – like his performance has been good, but for what you're paying him, for what you're getting out of him, perfect. Perfect. And also I think that SJ is drawing it out of him because yeah. you, you can see him and SJ – like you can see SJ going like Wado or whatever, Egan, get to him for me. And it's making Egan look really good because he's following the lead, whereas I feel like in you know the last couple of years of the Warriors – even SJ to a degree, but like the halves have really struggled to give direction to him. Whereas now that he has a good mind, a great rugby league mind to go, I need you here, here and here, we're starting to see him hit his potential. Yeah, And, and that's it. Like to me how good SJ has been and how good that right edge in particular mm. been at the Warriors. Wade Egan deserves so much credit for just he engages his marker every single time. And every time they go right, the Warriors, they seem to have that half, a, half an extra man every time. Mm. Wade Egan from the get-go, yep. getting that bloke in, whack out the back, that's coming. So who else wasn't there in this game that I think had a very good season? He doesn't play huge minutes or anything, but Bunty Afoa. Yeah. I, I, I thought they would miss him a little bit more. Um, Jazz Sabunga wasn't there either. Jazz wasn't there. Marasa Nekoro is not there. So like, there's three guys that are in their starting front row forward, uh, in, in their starting forward pack. How does... Against the Sharks, it's a huge pack. Yeah. They're massive. How does Tamari Martin come back in? I think at the moment he doesn't. I don't, I don't think he doesn't. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought he was at millions four weeks ago to, come yeah. to, to miss out on that side. Which is scary to think that, you know, he might be silkier than Metcalf at his best. You know, obviously Metcalf got a better ball running, but Tomate Martin's fucking, sorry, yeah, Metcalf has better ball running, but ball playing for Tomate Martin is more silky. In saying that, they ran on the weekend with Freddie Lussick on the bench. Well, you reckon 14? Oh, may, maybe, I, I don't know, like they... They let Egan play 80, 80. minutes. Yeah. So yeah, maybe. maybe there is a spot for both of them because, I mean, I, I I think we constantly look at that team list and go, oh, Dill Walker's a bit of a verse. He's a forward now. Yeah, he's a forward now. He's almost just 13. So you can carry a 14 yeah. if you want. Mate, so like so impressive, the Warriors. They're, they're uh, just getting better and better. Guys like Josh Curran, like they, they've elevated their game so much that like Curran used to be their, super, their star. 
now they've elevated so much that he's a really good you know player that can fit anywhere in the forwards and he's just playing his role perfectly that's how far they've come as a club like to think that Curran isn't their main guy anymore he's a, just a really good solid player is actually a good thing because you you know Curran is a battler he's not he shouldn't be your main go-to guy um so yeah really really good stuff from the uh the Warriors onto the Sharkies Geez, they find themselves in a tough position because, you know, it is no secret they absolutely struggle against top eight sides. So Craig Fitzgibbon has to find himself, has to ask himself an incredibly tough question. Do I make changes and risk dropping out of the eight? But I, so the, the negative is it doesn't work, I drop out of the eight. The positive is, is I challenge for a premiership. So... I'm going to be really interested. Does he either back the systems and the players he currently has and says, no, I believe this is only my second year. This is only my second year as coach. I've got faith that, that they'll get better and better each game. Or does he go, this is not working. Changes need to be made. I do think, and I said it a few weeks ago, and I do think changes need to be made on that left edge. Um, I think that I, I probably have to say I'd, I'd be bringing in Trindle. Um, I know Moylan had two try assists, but I just think defensively he's too much of a target. It's like Talakai's defensive reads oh, sometimes can be, you know, not the best. And so I think changes have to be made on that left edge. And uh, I guess the closest to a change is probably Moylan. Well, yeah, I've thought for a long time that Teague Walton doesn't overly help the situation. Mm. He got injured in this game and I would argue it got worse. Mm. So I don't know how much we, we can put on Teague. <clears throat> Teague Wilton, but yeah, I, I agree. I think Trindle be a good option. Do you consider moving Talakai into the second row? I think you have to. And bring in, you got Tracy, Ito, you got a heap of options there. And you, I just think the Sharkies, even though Talakai in attack has been phenomenal, like you look at his stats and you go, unbelievable. Even he's a good tackler, but sometimes his reads aren't great. And I just don't know if they've got the luxury of waiting for Talakai to get more reps under his belt at centre. So maybe you work on that in pre, on the off-season again. I think you bring Talakai onto an edge. You pick the best defensive centre. You don't need any more attack. You pick whoever is the best defender. You put him in the centre. You get Trindle in there. Because I assume, and maybe Trindle will be worse than Moylan. But as I said, like even though Moylan he does some really good things, he's just such a target now. Every team is just going straight for him. And so I think, like, you've got to give Trindle an opportunity to go, okay, I might not offer as much as Moylan in attack, but maybe he's better at defence and you just shore up that edge. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe you bring Trindle in at 14 and you – what do you reckon? I think you've got to find a spot for Tracy somewhere. Mm. I think he's just the sort of guy they need. You've got all these, all these other blokes in this team that are so much more talented than Tracy, so we keep being told. I just love the ticker that he has and the attitude that he brings. I think that's what they need. He's a gun. Uh, I think you got to drop, Moisa. Mm. Uh, it pains me to say it because he's been so good in attack. Mm. Like, one of the best attacking halves in the game. Mm. But his defence, it's gotten beyond. Like, like uh, oh, he'll attack will outweigh the defence. Yeah. He said it's such an easy target. They scored four tries straight through him on yeah. the weekend. And it's week in, week out. Something has to change. I think Braden Trindle's the man to come in. He's been killing it in New South Wales Cup. He's got enough experience there. He's a young body, so the physicality of it isn't yeah. going to be as hard to handle. Yeah. I think I think that's the play for them. Mm. It will be interesting if Wade Graham does go back to a starting edge role. We know 
you know, is one of the better defenders in the game. Will that be enough to help Moylan out? Probably not, but mm. it, could, it could help. It wasn't on the weekend. No, nah, no, it wasn't. See, so I, yeah. I, I just think I'd be going Trindle in, Moylan yeah. out. And look, as you said before, there's what, seven or odd rounds to go. Mm. If Moyes can go back to New Wales Carp, sort his defence out, it's not curtains for him in 2023 at NRL level. <clears throat> But he's got to go back and work on his defence and prove to Craig Fitzgibbons that he can go three weeks in a row and not let any try so you know, significantly improve. Yeah, I think I would move Telegai to the edge because and <clears throat> because if you just drop Moylan and you put Jindal there, you're basically saying Moyes is a problem. And although Moyes is part of it because he needs to work on his defence, I think the problem is deeper than that. I think that whole edge mm. needs a shake-up and that's why I'd be moving Telekai to the edge back row and putting a defensive centre there to send a message to the rest of the team of like, we need, everything is defensive minded from here on out. We are, we are only, I'm only selecting on defence. Even Talakai, your attack is incredible, but even he's getting moved into back row because our defence is just not good enough. It'll be interesting to see what Craig Fitzgibbon does because I, you know, my one criticism would be Fitzy that he doesn't, he doesn't tend to make changes. Like, it's not like they woke up on Sunday and that left edge was a problem. Edge has been a problem all year. Nothing's changed the entire year, so it'll be interesting to see. And I, I know a lot of Sharks fans are very disgruntled that Fitzy refuses to make changes. Mm. He's got one forced change that he has to make with uh, Wilton being out, but I think what he does with Moylan will be the big test. Yeah, look, I, I, I think from a fan's perspective, I understand the frustration, but there's so much more than... Like, for example, by not making changes... He's sending to the rest of the team, I'm loyal. Like, mm. I'll stick by through the tough times. If things aren't working out, you don't have to be worried about getting dropped every single week. And, you know, we often criticise New South Wales of bringing guys in, dropping them. Now, I know that's one extreme to the other, but I think people need to understand Fitzy's trying to send a message to the rest of the playing group that don't play stressed out, don't play conservative and worried about everything. I want you playing confident and know that as a coach, I have your back. Mm. But I think it's gotten to the point where he's shown that loyalty. All the players know he's loyal, but the changes need to be made now. I think some guys have got too comfortable. I will say, just bat sort of way though. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, I do think Chindle needs to come in. Wade Graham has, for many years, been a rock-solid defensive player, one of the best in the game. I'm not mm. saying Nessie has been in the last 12 to 18 months, but I think Wilton has struggled defensively there. It could be worth a week or two of trying, saying, get the experience out there, Wade-o, he's a talker, he hits in D, he can be a bodyguard for Moylan, just give it two weeks and have a look. You know, it's not dire straits, they're sitting in six, they're a game out of the four, give it two weeks, see if Wade can shore up that defensive edge. Because then you're only making one change, which has to happen anyway, because Wilton's out. Mm. Give it a crack. Yeah, see, I, I'll be going wholesale, cha- wholesale changes because this has been a problem for two years now. They can't yeah. beat top eight sides. And whilst, yes, they're sixth, they play Manly this week, then they go Panthers, South Sydney. 
Mm. They don't have three weeks to sort this out. No. If they don't get this sorted now, they will be out of the eight before we know it. They could and, be out of the eight in two weeks. And also, like, if Trindle doesn't come in now, you don't want to be bringing him in two weeks before finals start. You want to give him some time to work in that position. You want to give potentially Talakai time to work on that edge back row or whether it's Wade Graham or whoever it is. I mean, maybe there's a – do you put Wade Graham at bloody six and defend him there and just think purely <laughs> defence? Like, Hines handles everything anyway. Hines plays both sides of the rocks. So that's actually a very good shout. I, I don't think they need to because they have Trindle. I think that would be disrespectful to Trindle, but I see where you're coming from. Well, you, you put Graham at six, you put Trindle at 14. Just fucking – I don't know. I just think that, like, defensive – like, if you're def- – the thing with the, the Shark is purely defence. Like, they just need yeah. to work on their defence. What, like uh, what about your mate from um, Kuma Williams? Could you play him on the edge out there if you were to play Wade Graham at six? You you could. Jacko played a lot of sort of edge coming through the grades. He's just a really big boy now. Yeah, I okay. think he like I always wanted Jack as he developed to be an edge player because he he's fucking unbelievable. He runs such a good line. He's got the fleet footedness about him, but they've just put so much weight on him. Yeah. Built like a brick shit house. <clears throat> so I think he's probably a bit too big for an edge now. Put it this way, I feel like Wade Graham to six is a very Wayne Bennett move. Like, to just go, you know what, yeah. I'm just putting a fucking defender there to yeah. hit hit blokes and defend that edge. Um, look, I think it should be considered, at least. Now, maybe Wade's a bit too, you know, heavy and old for that now. Maybe he wouldn't be good laterally. I'm not sure. But my first choice would be Trindle, Talakai at the edge. You bring in whoever is the best defensive centre, he gets put in there. Then the second choice would be you put, just go Wade Graham at six, um, Talakai at four, and then... You know, whoever is the best defensive centre. I was just thinking then it's pretty uh, um, radical and I don't know how it would affect the middle, but just I wouldn't hate just to see them go, hey, Cam McInnes, go play on the edge there. Yeah, do a Reuben Cotter. Just sort it out. Just, just, just def- yeah. sort it out. Because yeah. you know he will. Yeah, it's not a bad shout. When's his Finucane back? Yeah, if Dale's back next week, all of a sudden He's back, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't hate that. As I said, if I'm Fitzy, I'm just picking whoever is the best defenders and just sending a really strong message, boys. I've given you so much time to sort this out and you haven't responded. I need to make changes. Like if you went Wade, Cam McInnes, and then you say to Sifa, hey. It's your fault else's fault, <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah. This is yeah. on you now. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, Sharky's. I, I think that Fitzy's a very loyal guy, but I also think that he is brave enough to make some really tough calls if this continues. Um, I was in just thinking to too, like as, as far as the next three weeks go, Manly's the easier game. Tell me DCE isn't going to be sitting there licking his lips going, I'm coming at that left edge. Yeah, I've got all the sure. I've got Kohler. I'm yeah. ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, especially like Kohler's speed on Talakai yep. could be a real concern. Uh, anyway, we'll see how they go next week. As I've always said with the Sharkies, at the very least right now, they're still within striking distance, but geez Louise, three weeks could be fucking night and day between where they are now and where they are in three weeks. So <laughs> the ball's in their court. No idea where they're going to be in three no, weeks. No it's way. almost like they've they've got the yips. They're almost like the golf that approaches the green and knows he can't putt. Oh, it's bizarre. It's, it's <laughs> so strange because there's no problems with the side. They're so talented. Like well, They were dominating them the first 20 minutes. Completely dominating them. So they can do it. It's not the physicality of it. Anyway. Um, look, to be fair, I, I also think that the Warriors were absolutely fucking outstanding. They were. Like... Yeah. 90% completion rate compared to 76% completion rate.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 